0: Coming up on today's edition of Preds Power Hour here on the Chase Thomas Podcast. Preds are on a weird run right now. Um, what's the remaining games look like for Nashville? Are they going to make the playoffs? You see Soros with a record-setting game this past week. Uh, we talk about the injuries that are now really, really piling up uh, for the Preds. Should they want to make the playoffs? Will they make the playoffs? Some young guys who are popping of late. Um, all that and more coming up on today's edition of Preds Power Chase Thomas podcast, the Chase Thomas Podcast.
1: Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it.
0: All right, hello. Welcome back, Preds Power Hour. Here on a Friday afternoon, week away in the mountains. I survived. No black bear appearances. Some fish. Did some lakes. Did some uh, horseback riding. Which let me tell you, folks, if you're not stretching before you go on a horseback uh, for a two hour experience uh that's a mistake when you're in your 30s because let me tell you folks uh the lower Mm -hmm. back and uh my legs uh, are just still not in great shape let me just say i'm still kind of reeling uh from that experience because you're just you're bouncing around a lot and you uh you're working out muscles and things that you just you're not doing on the daily but it's uh it's a fun time if you're able to uh to do it because it's uh it's it's just different it's uh, something i cannot explain other than just you got to try it for yourself and experience that but also go go touch some grass folks touch the world's grass. bad go touch some grass because you will feel better um, about the state of things because it's always just chaos each and every day touch some grass ride some horses fish go breathe go take a walk and that's my uh my uh, my unsolicited advice here uh in these crazy times um also here on the project's News site, I don't I don't even know how I can do this, really. I mean, on the 4 right now, is it going to be a redirect for the it news site? Be. We're okay. waiting on them to turn over the door. They gave us a deadline to get it done, and they,
2: they aren't done with it, so we're mm. sitting here ready. So, But yeah, um, hopefully, hey Brian, maybe by you? the time this comes out, things will be fine, but otherwise, yeah. you'll, you'll hear plenty. But no, I'm good. Um, it's been kind of an insane couple of weeks. Uh, mm. had, a, had a great time at, at the uh, Renegades, the Shindig, down uh, yes. last Friday. That was a blast. Um, and so yeah it's been it's been crazy the weather has fluctuated be- between like 15 and 80 yeah like two times this week which is just real great on my sinuses just mm-hmm. just absolutely destroyed but you know I've come to I've come to terms with that there you
0: go also here Jeff middleton of let me check my notes here everywhere on the internet Jeff good <laughs> afternoon sir how are you
1: I'm good I'm good a little tired and as Brian said the, the weather up here has been. A little bit up and down it's, i think it's raining today and yesterday it was like gorgeous and like 55 degrees it was like perfect how and far so, is
0: miami of ohio from nashville
1: it is uh about five hours mm. on a good day without a stop so i i can make it in five hours and ten minutes wow, it's depending like on when I leave. From
0: here. yeah wait is it five hours from no, nashville to memphis I'm trying to think with me yeah it's like six from here to memphis from knoxville
2: is it really only six yeah maybe it's four then
0: Mm. It's, yeah, it's been a minute been a month just once, it's... so I
1: couldn't tell you And I didn't it's... drive <laughs>
0: <laughs> There you go um, Well, how was Renegades of Puck? Uh, good turnout, good environment What was uh, your favorite uh, thing about Friday night? Jeff, do you want to say it?
1: Uh, I mean, I love being up on stage That was a good time um, hmm. It was, I thought like You know, I came in with uh, with, with high expectations But also like, you know I didn't want to get like too, like, you know, everybody's going to be here. They're all going to love everything that we're doing and stuff like that. But honestly, like it was really great. Like the the turnout, the people that were there, they were all great. They all were chatting with each other. Like, you know, Willie Donick showed up, crazy Kyle showed up. Like everybody, Mm -hmm. there were were people from all sorts of different areas of the Preds universe, um, media, broadcasters, fans, um, like it was it was awesome and everybody had a good time um you know and then uh brian sean and charlie and i and we went upstate we went on stage and we did a little thing and talked a little bit in front of people and uh it was fun and charlie charlie gave me a very very big you know yeah there's a picture oh Uh, yeah charlie gave me a very big and very unnecessary introduction but he was he's awesome for he he did such a good job like i'm I'm really proud of the job he did. He was, it was, it was such a great event.
2: Yeah. You it was, right. Yeah, it was, it was a blast. I mean, the, you know, this with, you know, getting, getting Jeff, his Jersey, which is maybe the very yeah. first time I've been able to make Charlie not spend his own money on people. Um, so that was, that was good. And it's fine. We put in a bulk order. Cause we had like four more ideas for things. So,
0: you know it's we got we he got said to he was care. going
1: to he said he was going to get me one that was actually like mine so yeah don't yeah, so names hold out on
0: i've only seen the front are
2: there names in the back mm-hmm. okay all three of mine my home away and uh uh throwbacks <laughs> the yellow Go. ones yeah so it's it was it was really good met a lot of really cool people got to put a lot of like faces to names uh, which was nice mm-hmm. that we had, uh, some people, uh, you know, some of our other writers come by. Sean was there with his wife, Keegan. Um, we got to meet, gosh, a ton of people. Um, you know, people that had written for on the four check years and years ago. Hmm. Um, so it was, it was cool to see that. Um, but I mean, other than, you know, outside of hockey stuff, just, yeah, there were a lot of cool people there at there, uh, at the, at the shindig. And, uh, it was great to meet all of them. You know, I even had one person come up and uh, buy me a drink that that night. So that was pretty fun.
0: There you go. <laughs> Jeff knows something. Jeff uh, uh, knows something. There you go.
1: Um, <laughs> well, we'll talk about that off
0: air, potentially. Um, Brian. It's nothing bad. Nothing bad. Okay, good. There you bad. go. Um, the last two weeks, Preds are three, four, and one. Mm-hmm. Still very much in the thick of the playoff chase, uh, injuries notwithstanding, <laughs> which we'll get to in a second here. But you had some blowout losses to the Rangers and the Kraken. You had some big wins against some good teams in Buffalo, Seattle, and Boston. You had mm-hmm. some close games, Toronto and Pittsburgh last night. Um, what? do you make of this stretch Brian and what have you what have you learned or what has changed in the way you've seen the Preds versus our our last program two weeks ago
2: Um, I'm gonna save the most obvious answer for a little bit later because that's gonna be a big topic but um, I think a lot of it to me watching this because I mean I I wouldn't have you know these games against Seattle were supposed to be the start of that final 13 game stretch where they were just you know, the their strength of schedule, I think, was second in the NHL as far as, you know, opponent record. Mm. Um, and so there wasn't a huge amount of expectations. But the team showed that, like, they've got some they've got a spark like they can they can win games. Um, they can steal games probably is the better way to do it, to, to say it, just because, you know, they have to get a pretty decent start. And, you know, they're going to struggle heading down the stretch like we saw it last night against Pittsburgh where they kind of shut themselves down in the second period and never recovered and we've seen that before um and so really it just relies on them being able to play with that level intensity and it's you know the roster is completely decimated and full of you know guys who haven't played that many games together um when the most like veteran person on the team who's been with the team the longest is Colton Sissons you know it's it's you know you know you're a little bit in dire straits but they they keep they keep winning. I mean, they've, you know, in the, in the last eight games, they've got, what, six, uh, seven points in the last eight games. So, I mean, a little under 500, but still not bad, especially considering they beat, they just beat the Boston Bruins because the Bruins would have clinched the President's Trophy uh, if they had beaten Nashville and they mm. didn't. So they had to wait another night. So, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of deck, Jekyll and Hyde, but it really, I mean, if we're being honest, it's kind of all been riding on, on UC Soros, too. What about you, Jeff?
1: um yeah i mean they that toronto game made was was fun like i thought i went with my dad and it was it was a great time like you know everybody toronto maple leafs fans are are well known around the nhl as some of the more boisterous and uh Uh. that game was um i mean that game was close pretty much like i thought like throughout the game like i thought um, I think the second period was their worst period, but after that, like the first and third, I thought they kept it, you know, pretty, pretty tight. Um, and, you know, the final kind of five minutes of it were just, they were so fun. Like it was, you know, Tyson Berry decided to carry the team on his back. Um, he just turned on that extra gear and he was, he was creating so much offense and they were getting chances. And, you know, even though they lost, I I'd take losses like that. Like that's, you know, that's kind of where I'm at at this point. Like, you know, I, I go back to the the Ottawa Senators of a couple years ago, even now this year, um, they, their losses are, their losses, but they're usually fun. Like they, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're in the games and that's kind of the point. Like, and I didn't, the Preds aren't all there yet. Like they, you know, they got killed by the Kraken. That was ugly. They got killed by the Rangers. That was uglier. Um, last night against the Penguins, they gave up over six expected goals. That's ugly. Um, shout out to UC Saros for having like an, I think you tweeted it, Brian. It was like a th- over three or four
0: yeah, goals saved
1: above expected, and they <laughs> g- he only gave up like two goals. Like they mm-hmm. lost. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think they still have a lot to work on, but I also think the expectations are on the ground right now. So it's, I mean, they, you know, they had like they have this last stretch of games that's against the same kind of opponents that they were going to be playing, yeah, you know, or that they were playing before. And you know, even though the Bruins, they beat the Bruins. I I don't think that's something that's going to happen a lot down mm-hmm. this last stretch. You know, the Bruins got taken to overtime by Columbus last night. So I don't I don't know if. <laughs> they're all there. Either they're trying to they're trying to avoid the Presidents Trophy, even though it's that's pretty much inevitable at this point. But yeah, I mean they're just they're going to have a hard time, and that's you know that's okay. That's that's how it is. They're they're they have an a, they're, they're an AHL team right you now. Like that's, that's how it is. Hmm. Well, when you look
0: at the rest of the schedule, Brian, what does your gut say? Do you think they stick with around five hundred? Do you think that there is a possibility they go on a run? Like, what do you? What is your forecast for the, these final few games in the Pride's regular season?
2: Yeah, I mean, so if they're going to, they've they've stayed in the in the kind of the playoff race uh, just by virtue of Winnipeg and Calgary refusing to take it either. Um, but I mean, they've got it's it's going to be a little bit tough, and they're going to have to go through these these teams that they want to make the playoffs. If they're going to prove it. They're going to prove it against the teams that they're going to see and they're competing against. So, I mean. I think St. Louis is is tomorrow or today, I guess, if you're listening to this, um, which is should be kind of the easiest game they've got left. Um, so after that it's at Dallas, and then the very next day back to back, Vegas at home, which if Nashville was to get the eighth uh wildcard spot, they would be playing the, the Vegas Golden Knights. So that's gonna be, you know, a big one. Then uh at home again on Thursday, Carolina at Winnipeg, at Calgary. So I mean those two games just there are that's everything. Those are four point swings and Nashville has a, uh, a game in hand on both of those. So um, I think the last time I looked, I think it technically uh, Nashville controls their playoff destiny uh, mm-hmm. as long as they win all eight games that are left. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, they've got that. They've got Minnesota back to back with Minnesota and Colorado to end the season. So it's it's going to be rough. I would say. And again, I've been wrong on this fairly recently, actually. So eight games. I'm going to say that they go. I'm trying to be generous, but i I really think it's gonna be like two, five, and one just because hmm. the schedule's really tough. I think that maybe they can they can Minnesota struggled a little bit. Um, I don't know if they're gonna be able to catch Dallas, you know, you know, not paying playing well because they're still trying to get seeding. Uh I like their chances against Calgary, uh, oddly enough. And then Winnipeg, those games are always really fun. And so, you know, I don't know, but I think if they get five points out of those 16, which again, bar is on the ground right now, that's that's pretty good. I think that that's, that's showing that they can still comp- they compete against these bigger teams, but I think just their inexperience and the lack of talent really just is the thing that's going to sink
0: them, whether they like it or not. Injuries are piling up. Matt Duchesne now injured here. Jeff, what does that mean for uh, the Preds and what the, the lines are going to look like uh, down the stretch here?
1: Um, well, first of all, um hoping Matthew Shane has a safe, healthy recovery. Uh, because I was at the game where he injured his hand and it did not look good. Mm-hmm. Um, of course I was in the three hundred, so I couldn't see all of it, but when you know, a guy gets hit in the hand with the puck and he shakes his glove off and then he extends his arm all the way out with his hand bent, that's never a good idea a never good thing to happen. Um and I one of my brother's hockey teammates had an injury happen where he he skated off the ice like that, like just like like perfectly the same. And he had his his hand was broken. So um John Hines will call it week to week, but he's not coming back. Uh or at least he shouldn't. Um but yeah, I mean, um it means a top six spot for another guy, you know. We saw um our boy, Igor. Uh, get a top six spot against the bruins um and even though he hasn't scored a point yet he's come close um but you know he he has looked good like i thought i thought he's played pretty well he's i mean he's done everything that a fourth liner needs to do um and this time he gets to do it with more skilled teammates um so i don't know i think it it's it's just it's just more opportunity like hmm. this team is this team is full of young guys that have no nhl experience and um you know some guys it might be their only nhl experience like they're like they might be not back up ever in their career um so you're gonna have guys take trying to take advantage of it and another injury to another guy that's been kind of leading the charge as a veteran will give them a you know a promotion and whether or not we see a a difference in the Preds outcomes because of it is one thing, but you know, it does mean that these young guys are getting experience and that's what it's all about.
0: Brian, when you look at just what the roster looked like before the year and now looking at it down the stretch here in terms of injury, just how stark of a contrast is it and how much of this could, did you just not foresee for this, for this group? Oh, Brian, you're muted. Still needed. There he is.
2: That. There we go. Uh, yeah. So I mean, if you were to look at the, you know, the stat lead, like the points and goals leaders, if you take out everybody who's, you know, who's injured or traded away or anything like that, your your leaders for goals for the Predators are Tommy Novak with 14, Cody Glass with 12, and Colton Sissons with 11. Um, and it's mm. you know it's this almost exactly the same lineup for, for points. Yeah, exactly the same. Tommy Novak, 34 points in 43 games, which Tommy Novak's been incredible. I'm really glad that he's, he's up and he's staying in the NHL. I mean, yes, nobody, they may not have a choice, but to keep him at this point, but it's good to see him there. Um, you know, Colton Sissons, you know, he's, I don't know. It's, it's good for him. I'm glad, um, but it's not, you don't want to see your third leading scorer to be Colton Sissons. That's just not, th- things aren't going quite well if that's what what's going on. So, but even more of a difference and like the game against Boston actually marked like a, like a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, a, like a milestone, I guess, for Nashville. And I'll I'll show you what I've, because it's probably easier to do this. I'll I'll describe it for those of you who are just listening. But so that is this is the total team the goals above replacement, which is you know evolving wild. Their metric kind of measures the individual impact of players. So taking every player that was active, for each of those games, and you know, just adding those numbers all together you can see it's it's it peaked up at like above 30 and now with the boston game the team's like total goals above replacement not including uc saros was is a negative three now so Hmm. you know it's it's they are i mean the the kind of the definition the working definition is like uh above replacement replacement is just basically like your what is like your 13th forward or your seventh defenseman it's basically an ahl player that you just call up to fill a spot when there's like an injury and that's exactly what we're seeing is it's a, it's an AHL team. They're a good a, 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 AHL team and Milwaukee, when, you know, Nashville's done with these guys, Milwaukee is going to look really good coming into the playoffs, but you know, it's, it's such a stark, a stark difference from the start of the year. I mean, you know, you lose the, the, you know, the best three players, Yossi, Forsberg, Duchesne, like they make up for 24, you know, goals above replacement by themselves. Um, they did get a little bit of help in the fact that moving a guy like Mikhail Grandland, who had I think the bottom 10% of the entire NHL, uh, I think he was like a minus eight or minus nine by himself. Um, you know, that helped because that did push their numbers back up after the deadline, after moving, you know, Tanner Janot also his, his uh, goals above replacement were, were in the negative too. So it's just been a, a massive difference, but at the same time, it's been super fun to watch. And until Duchenne got hurt, you know, I would. He actually seemed to be really enjoying kind of taking that leadership role, and you know, I I didn't see any issue in the last you know two weeks of him, you know, taking shifts off or not you know pushing as hard. I mean, he was out there. He's in in their morning skates, like really pushing the guys and really you know enjoying himself. So you know, it was good to see things like that. But you know, now it's it's the young guys or the youth or the you know, longtime AHLers. That's their time because again, this is their this is a longer preseason for them than they normally would get so they've, they're they trying to do everything they possibly can to impress you know whoever
0: is going to be in charge of things man that's what a year this has just been one of the weirder Brit. like i'm new to all this and just you just don't see this across the board injuries roster blow up coaching changes like every like you just look across the board uh front office like ownership like there's just questions all abound and i think if you ask any preds fan writer analyst player whoever like what this team's gonna look like two years from now you're gonna get a bunch of different answers i don't think uh anything's really all that clear it's been
2: it's been a blast i mean granted Mm -hmm. like my three three and a half years of you know being credentialed and being at games and things like that where you know there was a year with you know, COVID where we were the only people in the building besides the players. And then there was kind of the, that slow March back in between. And then this year has been insane. I mean, I started when I started, um, you know, about a year into when I started with on the four check, that's when like it all happened with, with, uh, Peter LaViolette getting fired, um, PK Subban being traded, just all those kinds of things. So it, you know, I, I personally, as you know, was covering the team, I don't know what a normal, te- normal year, looks like but this one's been a lot more fun just because again you know we're not going into this being like yes playoff push they can do this they're they're close they can finish this off it's kind of like hey if they make the playoffs that'd be pretty cool uh but if they don't that's also pretty cool uh but yeah it's it's just been it's been crazy to watch but you know i feel for the players i think the most because they're just having to deal with a lot of stuff that's out of their control um you know and so that's been I, I can understand I can kind of you know be like, yeah, these guys are probably tired of talking about what's it like being in the NHL now, you know,
0: things like that, but it's it, as a fan, it's been an absolute blast. There you go. Um, speaking of blasts, uh, UC Soros being the best goaltender in the NHL and goals above replacement, Jeff. Um, when you look at the season that UC's had uh, and looking around the landscape, of NHL and just the current crop of elite goalies what separates you and would is there still a few goalies that you would take over him at this present time
1: um <clears throat> I think I think he's he's a uh, he's an anomaly which is which is really fun um how so well he's smaller he's, he's so he's, short <laughs> yeah like he's like you just don't see guys his height be this good Like there are guys that have, you know, been serviceable at his height, but he's just, he is an elite goaltender. Um, I think this season has been weird because I think the Preds defense has been so awful. Mm -hmm. Like it's been so bad night in and night out. And that has cost him a lot. Like you look at, you know, everybody, everybody loves to talk about Linus Allmark. You know, he's, he's, He's backstopping this historic team and like one of the best teams in NHL history to a president's trophy. Um and his his safe percentage is over nine thirty and all this other stuff. Um but you know he he's behind UC Saros in goals saved of expected by like three, like over three. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, I looked the other day and it was his, the, obviously a team like the Bruins is not going to give up many high danger chances and they don't, he faces some, like I think the last I checked, it was like, you know, the 20th most high danger chances among us, among starters. Like he, he's not facing a ton of dangerous, dangerous shots. Um, now I do think that, Saros's competition for a Vesna trophy would be Ilya Sorokin, who is mm-hmm. playing absurd hockey right now. I think he's like seven goals saved above expected over UC Saros um, right now, um, and and that's just that's just crazy. But granted, UC Saros has faced I think like 15, 15 more expected goals against um, mm-hmm. in total, which is like a pretty big margin when it comes to defense. Um, So, yeah, I think think part of the UC Soros narrative that a lot of people, and it's been happening over these last few years, is like, you know, the Preds defense has never been good enough to make him look good in the win department, which is where GMs care about Vesna voting and stuff like that. His wins and his save percentage have always been lower, but it's not to the fault of his own. It's not because he hasn't been making these big saves. It's because the defense in front of him has given up so many that he just can't do he, – he can't do everything. Um, and he's he's unbelievably talented. He's so fun to watch. And it's it's super unfortunate because I don't know if he will ever win a Vesna, and it's not because – he's not the best goalie in the world it's because the defense in front of him gives up so much that he is at the breaking point where he just can't do everything in in humanly like he he's reached his limit um like he his defense gave up six expected goals last like that's i don't understand Mm -hmm. how how you see that and are like look at the numbers and see he has like over four goals saved above expected and think this guy's not the best goalie in the world. Like all respect to Ilias Sorokin and Linus Allmark and anybody else. But I am of the opinion that UC Saros is a top two goalie in the world at the very least Mm -hmm. and like over a three year span, it's pretty easy to argue that he is the best goalie in the NHL. Um, and if, if he's not the best performance wise, he's easily the most athletic one of the most athletic goaltenders I've ever had the privilege of watching. Um, So yeah, if you don't think UC Saros is the best goalie in the world, uh, watch him a little more. (laughs) Well, you could do that or you could watch him a little more. And I guarantee you that you will see why Preds fans are so adamant that he deserves to win a Vesna, because the goals he gives up are rarely. And I mean, rarely on, on him. Like, he mm-hmm. – I think I remember two or three instances this year where I was like, ah, uh, he's going to want that one back.
0: Mm-hmm. But other
1: than that, man, like, <laughs> he can't do anything about great passes through the seam and then a one-timer. And sometimes he does. Like, like it's the things he, – he's so athletic that he can get to those pucks. But, man, he – they. People, people got to watch him more. I I don't know what it is, but people do have to watch him more because they will understand that what goal Saved Above Expected says is right because he, he's he's the only thing keeping the Predators even remotely close to this playoff race at this point.
0: Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, Brian, any final things on UC Saras? We wrap up here with the Preds playoff push here. Yeah. Like, like Jeff said, I think the biggest
2: thing, and again, you know, um, Olmark, if they said that they were going to award it to the guy who scored a goalie goal, then I'd be like, yeah. And he's got a resume that is, that is very impressive too. I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of, it's a very close race. And I think that part of the, you know, not having as many wins, only having one shutout on the season, you know, that's the type of thing that the voters, you know, pay attention to on a lot of this stuff, but you know, looking if you look compare like the defense that's the defenses that are in front of them. I mean, uh, Sorkin and Soros are facing just awful, you know, awful defenses in front of them. While while Olmark, he's you know he's got one of the best teams in in regular season history, you know, in front of him. And so that's kind of that's the separator for me. And then two, it's you know, UC Soros is by far the best short, like penalty killing goaltender in the league by like a rather large margin. I think the next highest. He's got a 13 and next highest, I think is like a 0.68 or 6.8. So, I mean, almost doubling the next guy. I mean, that's how, and you, you know, it's, it's been pretty bad. Uh, they've got it improved a lot towards the season. Um, but um, you know, I do feel better about the fact that the one guarantee I made in the, in the preseason was that UC Saros will 100% finish the season as a Vesna finalist. So I still feel pretty good about that. I can accept a lot of the other arguments and I can accept if, if, he doesn't win the award this year but he, he's I mean, gotta win it sometime yeah like, i mean i know that like every time they do like those player polls or like the media or coaches it's like they always want to put vasileski up there they want to put up you know they pick let's say they pick someone who's like 20th Connor Hellebuck,
1: yeah. he's always but up he, there
2: yeah he's been pretty good too i mean but you look oh, at yeah. thing, look at like philip gustafson like with, with mm-hmm. minnesota like that's been a cool story to watch i mean just, you know, the guy that kind of come out of nowhere, You're, you know, Ed, uh, Edinger, like those types of guys. But it's just, there's, it's a three man race at this point, in my opinion. And if anybody like UC Saros has as good a claim as anybody. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against him to be honest.
1: I just want to put out there that um, I have pulled up. So UC is first in the league and expected goals against um, by five. Uh the next highest is John Gibson, but he's also played seven fewer games. So he would yeah. probably t- I'm gonna assume he would take the lead on that if he played the same amount of games. Um yeah. he also deserves Sorokin, his own award every year. Like there needs yes, to be the John
0: Gibson Memorial, <laughs> sir. Like yeah. he's not dead, but he is out there and on <laughs> he's a in dead An- he's stuck at Anaheim. Yeah.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. But so Sorokin is fourth mm-hmm. in Expectacles against um at 175. UC's at 199. Um and Linus Allmark is twenty second at one hundred and twenty point seven three. Mm-hmm. So let's just there's a margin of seventy nine expected goals against for UC and uh or wait yeah seventy nine for wow I can't even believe that hundred seventy nine expected goals against uh, for UC and then a fifty five. Spectacles against margin from Sorokin yeah uh, it, so that's pretty telling
2: yeah I think if you look at like just at even strength like the shot attempts that, <laughs> that they faced the UC Saros is second in the league with the second most uh in, in the league mm-hmm. with, um Sorokin is fourth Olmark 18th yeah. um for penalty killing same thing second for UC Saros with most att- attempts 11th for Sorokin and 18th again for Olmark so I mean, he's making, and this is again, he's played in fifty-eight games. I mean, he's played yeah. in, you know, almost. As, I think he's what, like maybe fourth or fifth in for most games played. I think mm-hmm. so far, but so I mean, there's a very strong argument, and I feel like there's about as strong of an argument for UC Stars as there was the year Pecarina won the Vesna as well. Um, you know, I think if making the play, if they squeak into the playoffs, I think that'll do a lot to change voters' mind. Not that it should. But, you know, the narrative that sorrows, it's always like,
1: that. so he's
2: the magic school bus that carried all these kids, you know, into the playoffs somehow, Uh, you know, would would be a good boon for for his chances.
0: But, man, he's having a, such a special year, man. Well, there you go. What do you think ultimately happens? Do you what else prediction? Finally, do you think he wins or no?
1: Yeah, I don't think I mean, you know, I've. I've kind of made my rounds on some podcasts here and there. Um, not myself, but I just listened to, to some stuff. Uh, and it's all, it's all Linus Allmark. Like I think, I just don't think that goals saved above expected is as mainstream as it needs to be to the point where we can start having that kind of conversation about UC Soros. Um, hmm. It's getting up there and I'm, super happy about it because it's way better than on any other stat that we have currently even though of course it has it has its flaws i'm not saying it's perfect but um it's not mainstream enough to where the narrative surrounding linus allmark created by a mix of coaches and fans and even the gms who vote on this stuff um like I don't think, or did GMs vote on Fesna? Am I mistaken?
2: Uh, that's a good question. I think it's one of the ones that
1: um. I said that, but I don't know if I'm one hundred percent correct.
2: Gosh, I can't believe I don't I don't know this off the top of my head. I'll get back to you.
1: Okay. Um. But you know, whoever votes, um, GMs. You're right. Okay. Cool. Um, just want to make sure. But the GMs also they. I mean, they know what goes on and they hear what happens. Um, but the, the way it's been, and it's the same with the Norris trophy, most of the time, like you're not, you're not going to change the GM's mindset from wins and save percentage to goals saved above expected, just like that. Like, it's not just gonna, it's not just gonna happen. Mm. Um, and so while i am glad that goal saved above expected is a stat that's becoming more mainstream it's also not to the point where that's being used as the main tool for goalie evaluation and that's where the problem comes in for voting on an award um so unfortunately i don't think he's going to win but it's not because it's not because the uh it's not because he didn't deserve it it's because the way the voting is now he gets kind of screwed
2: um, or maybe it's because you don't believe in him, Jeff. <laughs> I'm going to disagree, but uh, again, and you ha- like all your points, I 100% agree with. And like the pessimist in me is like, yeah, that's kind of you know, and that's fair. Like I said earlier, it's fair. But no, I disagree. And here's why: uh, I think we've known how good Saros has been all season. Like it's been fairly obvious to us. Um, but the trend over the last about two and a half weeks has been. Nashville goes and plays a team that is trying to actively get a playoff spot. And then whether Nashville wins or loses, there's a bunch of those fans being like, Holy crap. UC Saros is good. You know, I saw like, even with the Rangers loss, like they were just like, this doesn't seem right for him. Uh, Buffalo fans. Like they've been, they wanted him badly at the deadline. And I told them, no, specifically <laughs> not, um, you know, like he, he kept them in it with Seattle. Um, he's the reason they beat Boston. And, you know, Chicago fans, Red Wings fans, these are all like fan bases that don't see a lot of the preds. And now they're all having to pay attention because these games are getting more important. You know, and then you've got you've got teams like, you know, you've got Dallas, you've got Vegas, Carolina. Like it's they're making kind of their tour the tour. And so, you know, UC Saros, this is his time. I think that he's probably gonna start out of these next eight games. I bet you he starts, gosh, probably just probably six out of eight. You know, he'll probably yeah, just say six or seven. Cause I mean, I don't see I, him them not using him. You know, uh those two back to back
1: charge. Yeah, I could see. I could see one of those two back to backs. He plays both games.
2: And he's sitting but at what like 50, 50 games.
1: Yeah, Jesus. So, yeah. yeah. So I much mean, for not running him into the ground.
2: Yeah, but I mean, I mean, we can even look at back at some like counting stats and just see like what he's done like looking back and like for the Predators going all the way back to what is that? 2007. Um he had nobody, Is he he this season he's uh the team has given up 2.3 goals against which is actually fifth the fifth uh, most uh, in France since that time but then the, the amount of expected goals allowed um in 2018 2019 they gave up 2.4 per 60 minutes for first place this year sorrows the predators are giving up 2.9 so i mean he and to be fifth in the most like goals allowed but be by a wide margin like the most expected goals like in the last what almost like 15 16 years that's the, those are things that you can make that campaign for you can say look at what he's facing I mean you nobody you know when you looked at the game score uh, game score like card yesterday for last night's game the top of the list with like the best game score was Yuzi Saros then it was every single one of the Pittsburgh Penguins and then it was the rest of the Predators and that's Absolutely. pretty much how it's how it's been and He's getting in front of these big market teams and these these games that are getting really, really important for a lot of teams. Because even if the team, you know, even if the game isn't super important for Nashville or they get out of it, like they're still going to be important for those teams. And I don't think anybody's going to be resting their starters uh, for a majority of these these games. So here's his chance. If he's going to do it, he needs to have more performances like he's had this week. But I don't doubt him at all with that, except for against Colorado, maybe. There you I'm go. still not convinced that they're like they're
0: they're not going to run through the playoffs again.
1: They're good, man. They're so. Well, speaking
0: good. of the playoffs, as we wrap up here on this Friday edition of the Preds Power Hour, 13% chance of making the playoffs for the Preds. Um, three points out of the wildcard card spot. Um, Calgary, right there. Winnipeg, right there. Um, you mentioned at the top, Brian, that if they win out, they control their own destiny. All they have to do is win out. And they control it. Um, obviously some big games, specifically, um, Winnipeg versus Detroit, Vancouver versus Calgary, and then obviously the St. Louis situation, which I don't think Brian likes St. Louis at all. I think you're a pretty anti-Blues guy. You're not a Bennington guy. I know that, but it feels like out of every team that we've talked about on this podcast, it feels like you have the strongest disdain towards the Blues, uh, Brian. But with all that being said, what does this feel like to you down the stretch here? Are the Preds going to make playoffs? And two. Should fans want the Preds to make the playoffs down the stretch here?
2: Yeah, so I'm changing my answer on that last question because what we've said all season that, yeah, let let, hope for it. It's fun. It'll be Mm. cool to see these guys get that experience. And then, again, with the expectations being so low on the ground, let's see what happened. I mean, honestly, if you think back, when was the last time this roster looked anything like this? And Jeff, I know if if you're not rolling your eyes, I'm going to roll your your eyes for you. I mean, the last time the roster was this decimated with a goalie playing out of his mind in the season, we saw what happened. But that's not going to happen. But, you know, goaltending is so important in the playoffs. I mean, probably the most important thing. And so it'll be fun if they don't make it. Cool. Um, I think there's no I would like to be done because I wanted to take a trip um, when the first week of the playoffs is going to start. So but that's me being selfish. Um, you know, that I'd still wouldn't do that, but I just don't see where they can do this to make the playoffs. I really, hmm. it's, there's, there's so much there. I mean, by the time they get to those games against Calgary and, and Winnipeg, you know, that's after playing, they still have to do St. Louis, then at Dallas and then the next day, Vegas and then Carolina, you know, are they going to be able to keep pace with Winnipeg and Calgary? Like they have been Now, grant. I don't, am keeping pace. is not the right word. Um, they've just the jets and the flames have all decided to tread water anytime Nashville loses a game they're just like yeah we'll we'll drop one too just so it's it's right there because I'm sure that the org would be thrilled to kind of just be like all right we're done we're done with this push like we're out of it let's let's get done with it but I don't know I just don't see it happening it'll be great if it does but they just don't have it with Duchesne out um a lot of these young guys are have burnt their for their year of their ELC you know I think Igor's passed that now. Evangelista's passed that now. Um, you know, nine games, and and that's a year of con- NHL contract. So they they kept them there, mostly, because they were forced to. But they're, they're going to push for it, and it'll be cool to see. Um, I think if, if you want to be excited about playoffs, then uh, start watching the Milwaukee Admirals, which by the time you guys hear this, all they got to do is take one point today, um, and they'll clinch the playoffs, and I'll win my hat bet with uh, Sarah, who covers the Chicago Wolves, and so she, she will be the proud new owner of a, that Milwaukee Admirals hat right there. So, uh, that's gonna be fun. Askarov, it's a great logo, yeah, it really is. And you know, speaking of goaltenders, too, with with Askarov, he's
0: having one hell of a year. Uh, you can't do this, Brian. You're just gonna t- like, I just don't, Jeff, we I cannot allow this to happen for Brian because <laughs> if UC is playing at this level and then he's still all in on Askarov, like. Something's got to give and I just don't I don't want that for you, Brian. We cannot have two in the net in the next two to three years. It's not going to happen. I don't need him we don't need him to be a full-time backup next year okay. we got time we got time
2: i mean let's i mean real quick just real quick diversion i think
0: you just want milwaukee and like if you want five years of them both being content to be the goalies in their respective spots
2: no i, I mean again just like like uc saros was you know for he spent yeah. he would spend a lot of time in milwaukee and then get called up and the next year he'd get a few more games that's just that's what you do but i mean who has the most uh points for goaltenders in the hl uh, hmm. Askarov tied with four uh, who has the most penalty minutes by any goaltender. That's yaroslav Askarov with 21 because <laughs> of his little fight. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's only allowed five goals on 40 shootout attempts, 40 shootout attempts. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. And uh, 91.3 save percentage. It's just, he's ridiculous. 24, 13 and four with their roster looking even more, you know, terrifying than Nashville's does because we have all their guys now. So <laughs> it it's it's fun. Um Kamel debuted in the last two weeks. Forgot to mention that. He's been awesome. So
1: say so he is too gold, doesn't he? I believe so. Yeah. Man. Kids good. watch the
0: Admirals, guys. Watch the Admirals. <laughs> there you go. Uh Jeff, what can the good folks check out from you across uh, all the various networks and your writing spots uh, this week?
1: Uh let's see, I got flame stuff coming out. Um who I think are gonna grab the last playoff spot. Um mm. but uh that's a take. Uh and flames fans, flames fans may not want to hear that, but I think it's does anyone happen. want that final spot?
0: Does anyone actually want to no, get in there?
1: No one wants that Mm-mm. final spot. Um yeah, I don't think I don't think Winnipeg grabs it either. Um hmm. but uh yeah, so flame stuff coming out. Um just can keep churning stuff out about everything, especially as the season comes to an end. Um, Yankee stuff, baseball's back, baby. And so I'm right, really, really pushing that stuff out, too. Um, I had uh, a piece come out um, today, yesterday, if you're listening to this, um, about opening day and That's kind weird. of like, – did you really, I, did, I didn't know if you read it or not, but, um, yeah, it was, it's honestly, it was one of my favorite pieces I've ever written. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just, it's baseball's back. It's a great time of year. Hockey's coming to a close. playoffs. are about to happen. This is the best time to be a sports fan. Um, and then, uh, yeah, maybe some stuff around the four check soon. We'll have to see renegades of puck may mm-hmm. or may not show up.
0: You've got a Jersey. Uh, so you got, I do have a Jersey. So yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'll be, I'll be around. You'll, you'll see me.
0: Yeah. There you go. Brian, new site, who dis, um, what else can mm. the good folks check out from you and the team at on the four check this week? Just a ton of stuff. Lots of probably public stressing on Twitter about the
2: <laughs> site, getting it going. Um, you know, all the, a lot, almost all the SB nation sites now have pushed and gone independent. Um, it's been cool to see, um, uh, just a lot of stress, but yeah, we've got the game. So the push is going to be really important. Uh, so I'm going to have a couple pieces that are actually almost ready to, to stick on the news site and publish it next week. Uh, so that's good. Probably on both topics I've talked about today with goaltending, things like that um renegade's a puck as always after every game um unless i forget and then text charlie like like 11 30 being like i compl- i went to bed i'm my bad um <laughs> but yeah they'll have that it's just been it's been great you know i'm going to try and step up like we did last year uh as the predator season closes down we'll probably switch into a lot of the renegade stuff towards milwaukee um so that'll be really fun for me to get up there and then after that you know I don't know, but I, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. But we're we're almost there. Eight more games. What three two and a half weeks left? I love hockey. I will very much enjoy being able to watch the playoffs as a fan with no um, professional responsibility attached to it. It's been
1: an exhausting year
2: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> on like mm-hmm. every everything. It's yeah. it's really been tiring.
2: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, it's been a banner year for Preds Twitter too. So
1: <laughs> yeah
2: yeah but uh yeah it's I, I can't wait thanks chase you know as always i'm sorry we missed last week but we were all busy i wanted to get you up,
0: out in the mountains dude well not even just that, i just had to prep like it was just so much going out of town for that long like it was it was a
1: lot uh mm-hmm. so
0: uh i don't i will say it was rough like you made the joke in the in the group chat about uh like are, are you gonna be able to do this i think and like you like just this time let me tell you I, my wife was like i can tell like on tuesday afternoon because i was like looking up youtube stuff to clip and i was like i was i get like anxious anxious to Mm -hmm. not be productive and do these kind of things because i i love doing these i I really do it doesn't feel like work for me um to be uh grinding away and doing all these different pods and cutting up stuff and just always learning and moving and i'm just like i am i was getting antsy like am i i think my my if you're not
1: working you're doing something wrong
0: yeah that's just it's just in me like it's just it is But, you know, I I don't I
2: I don't know if I can relate too much to that that overwhelming sense of responsibility (laughs) because but that's just me. And that's the reason why you're doing this, because I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah, this is a lot of work for you, but I'm like. I enjoy doing this, but that's because you do all the hard part for this. Like huge, I I love being on podcasts. I just hate having to do everything that happens after you. People don't see the, the everything
0: else, the the chopping up, the editing, the social, the posting, the SEO, all kinds of stuff that you but, don't see after the fact, folks.
2: But it's, please tell your tell your wife that like me. Mm-hmm. Starting about 24 hours before, like trying to get you to t- uh, talking you out of recording last week so you could go on your vacation like that. Mm-hmm. That's my my belated wedding present
0: to to, to your wife. Oh, <laughs> well, our six month did just come up uh, two weeks ago. Actually, yeah, two weeks ago. Almost exactly. Better, yeah, it'll be a lot faster, buddy. I what? math got, got to be a lot faster well, the, than it, it, was, it was september 17th but it was like four so that's exactly two weeks away but it was on a saturday and we're on a friday so i had to i hesitated a little bit because so i was like wait i no was
2: counting chase you could have just said a number i know i should have I, Stats
0: say, we, I, I don't know better all right well there you go um brian jeff thank you as always and i will talk to y'all next week this has been Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker, or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves!
2: Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I really do. I think you've got a way about you, that you're interviewing, Mm
1: -hmm. your
2: um, pleasantness, you're smart. So I think I'm going to hear big things about you.